Russell Brand needs no introduction, but here we go anyway. Brand is a brilliant thinker, activist, provocateur, actor, author, and comedian. His books have dealt with issues ranging from mentorship to addiction and mental health. In this interview, we discuss his book, Revolution, which advocates for a nonviolent social revolution based on principles of spirituality and the common good. Yeah, so first of all, um, dude, it's a real pleasure. And uh, I think you're awesome. Thank you. And brilliant as well, uh, by the way. I'm reading the book. Uh, and I also saw your uh, Messiah show at the Hammersmith. Oh, thank you. So that was great as well. You're really kind. I love so. this interview already. <laughs> Yeah, actually, you don't have to say anything. I'm just going to kiss ass for the next 20 minutes, and that's it. Easy, right? This is one of the just great like interviews of my life. Thank you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, yeah. No, amazing. And uh, the book's amazing. So, let's start with uh, a couple of questions. First of all, uh, I see you've got one of these, like, the chakras on your uh, tattooed, yeah? Yes. When did you get them? And uh, yeah. Maybe four or five years ago, I think. Um, I was doing a lot of kundalini yoga. And I became very interested in the, these energy centers in the body. And I think about it, I was thinking about it today. Today I did a Kundalini meditation that goes, that goes, uh, I'll show you in fact. Yeah, it's please, please. Yeah. This element to it. You go, you sit like this, you have to check in for Kundalini yoga with the Om Namo Gurudev Namo, Om Namo Gurudev Namo, Om Namo Gurudev Namo. Then the mantra for this position is 33 minutes like this, and it's, when I'm doing that, I count down the mantras. The Ra, I think of as being mm. that. Yep, crown. Well, yeah, Ma, here. Do that, yeah. Da, Sa, Sa. Say so. In fact, I think I had to add one to make it correspond because I wanted that to be the the yeah, banda. Sure, sure. So I added this above that. So the Ra, I thought of as the sun god Ra, the Egyptian yeah, sun god. Yeah, yeah. Pretty good, isn't it? Excellent. And then I began. Then I went down in sequentially in that order because they're counting down the chakras. It kept it gave me enough focus to not just sit there making that noise, thinking about what I'd be doing later or whatever. Yep. How long do you, you said this was about half an hour? This was 33 minutes, precisely. Uh, this is in addition to the 20 minutes I do twice a day of transcendental yep. meditation. And you uh, mentioned it's kind of like recharging your phone, right? That's Just Seinfeld, says Seinfeld that. Seinfeld said it, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, but like, because he has a way of making things seem not airy-fairy. Me, I like... I feel like it's an inward shower. Sometimes I feel like I really need it. I feel like, oh God. And sometimes <laughs> it takes me a long while to be peaceful enough to even mm. hold a mantra. Sure, sure. Um, so today, for example, you've done the Kundalini, have you, and you've already done probably one transcendental meditation. Yes. You've got one more to go later on today. Yes. And what else do you do to take care of your mind, body, and spirit? I have a program in my life where I am mindful of how I treat others and treat myself. So if I think I've done anything wrong, I have to amend for it. And I normally do something wrong every day. Um, <laughs> Can I, you give an example of something recent? Yeah, I walked into a, a members club and they wanted me to sign in. They never normally want me to sign in. The guy wanted me to sign in and I thought, <laughs> fuck off. I felt like a roaring egoic. Sure. Rah! 
then when I got there, but all by the time the elevator had reached the top floor, I thought I shouldn't have just walked past that guy. I should have signed in. <laughs> so then when I left, I went, "Excuse me, I'm, I, hello, I want to apologise for earlier." I just he was still here. She was still there. It was a man, and he was still there. Yeah, and so I apologised for it. It's not that bad, is it? So uh, I, I apologised. The uh, fuck off. That was yeah. just imaginary. That never happened. That was just the description sure, of sure. The, yes, you know, yes. Um, so that happens every day. In the morning, every day, I pray. I pray. One, gratitude. Thank you for life. Two, courage to make the right decisions and move in the right direction. Three, healing. That in every interaction I have, people feel better for having been in an interaction with me. Four. Signs. I ask for the signs. I ask to be communicated with at all times, to feel communion and connection to higher force. Five, alignment with God's will so that I can be an expression. Those are the things that I pray for. Cool. Well, it definitely seems like um, you've had a huge shift in your life uh, in the last few years. Uh, and it's very things like you're, you're walking the walk, i got to say that. Do you feel like a lot better these days? What uh, Intermittently, I still have, you know... What I know is that there is nothing left for me in the direction of flesh. Yeah. You know, I'm made of flesh, so I'm always, I'm attracted by it and I want to be involved with it. And uh, I, but I know that when I try to, when I recalibrate, I try to recalibrate back into the direction of the connection that I know that unless I'm in the service of a higher thing, that I'm not going to get, I'm not going to be happy. Can know I'll be distracted, and that sin. I read something today. Sin is severance from God. It's when you know that what you're doing, you're trying to get some little pleasure from being disconnected from God. And I, you know, obviously I did it. I had a Kit Kat just now. <laughs> I don't think I should have ate. I think that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can pass for me, but uh, not that I'm God or anything. But, uh... Except, of course, a turn. That God is oh, within us all. Absolutely. So in this absolutely. moment, you are. Thank you. Uh, sin, by the way, uh, in, in Greek apparently and uh, and in Hebrew, because I do speak Hebrew, oh, okay. uh, means uh, to miss the mark. Literally, that's the that's what it means. Right. To move, out, to move out yeah. the path. Yeah. Miss yeah. The mark. Cool. So to miss is just a sin. But uh, yeah, no, very interesting. I, I like uh, in the book you mentioned. Uh, how it's important to try and do at least one good thing, unselfish thing each day. Yes. And sometimes you notice when you're unhappy, it's also the, it's because you haven't done that. Once you've done that, you do feel a lot better. Yes. Uh, I think that's beautiful. And, and you say it to strangers, you say, obviously, not to some self-serving you know, yes. uh, person that's close to you. Uh, what have you done that's good? I don't know, today well, or Today? Hold on a minute. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what time is oh, it? Well, we can go to, yeah, it's okay. Yesterday's fine as well. Still got time today. Oh no, I've been lately. I, I, I let me think what I can say. Oh, yeah, I'm involved in a campaign for uh, these women of occupying a house in East London. They've they've been moved out of their accommodation into yep. a hostel, and they're about to be moved all around the country. I'm doing some work with them, so I've been some. I've done some things. I've made some phone calls to to a friend of mine who's an activist to involve him in that process. So that is a kind of... Yeah, sure. But then you sort of, the more you go on, the more you realise that you benefit from everything. Yeah, so you sort of sure. benefit from being involved, you benefit from community. Let me think, have I done anything for... And like also, 
you know, when people are like, are, like for, I'm kind of lucky because people want things from me that are pretty easy to give. Like, mm. will you do sure. this message for my girlfriend? Will you do this? <laughs> you know, like, so, yeah. so um, those kind of things. I get opportunities to do stuff like that quite frequently. Ah, and I helped a man reverse out of my road. Really? Wait, 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 wait. A man was reversing out of the road. Like, and you helped him, to, him, you me helped to... him coordinate the car. You told him stop, go, like, uh-huh. that, right? Yeah. I asked him, do you want me to help? He said, no. <laughs> and then I helped him anyway. And then he told cool. me two jokes, one of which was anti-Semitic. Oh, nice. But I just Gosh, had to just sort of go... Yeah. He, he was um, reaching out. Sure. What do you do? Well, yeah. I mean, Kaka, it's hard, isn't it? You, to, you think, I've got to, <laughs> you've got to re-educate everyone all the time, all day long. Yeah. It's tricky, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's very tricky, absolutely. And who, yeah, who you help me, I always think the way you think. And we still got to show love to everyone, as you say, right? I think so. I think that's probably the best bet. I, I like to think so. <laughs> Surely. Because otherwise Hopefully. it's endless. The idea of trying to control everyone and be right. punitive and, God, where would that end? Well, yeah, just a vicious circle. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so spirituality. So let's talk, I mean, first of all, and I have a, a degree in physics, so I love the fact that you know so much about physics. You're joking, honestly. Well, no, you do. Thanks, you definitely, your references are totally spot on. And, and I, I feel like, I was going to ask you, like, do you believe in reincarnation? Because you say you believe in God. But do you believe in reincarnation? But then again, I feel like maybe that's a silly question because you kind of mentioned there is no self. So what does that really mean? So I don't know. Uh, well, I suppose I, I think it's feasible. We tell that we could that a consciousness could have exp- like, that you could go. Hold on a minute. I can remember some other experience of being alive. Yep. Is it sort of like I, I think that's entirely plausible? Uh, but like the sort of the self, as far as I can work out, is a construction. The personality is a construction, but the awareness behind the self seems to be absolute. I would go with that. Recently, and it's in the book, it occurred to me that every night everyone falls asleep and dreams, and there's no drug, no ayahuasca, no anything. It's more <laughs> crazy than that. And everyone does it every night, just goes to sleep, goes into some mad <laughs> interdimensional self-designed space. Absolutely. Like the, so the capacities of consciousness are evidently, well, not limitless, but sort of so extraordinary. Mm. And we're happy to live in such a narrow bandwidth, of, yeah. within such a narrow bandwidth of ideas. And that's fine if it wasn't so ecologically damaging and unfair. Right. It's only when it's ecologically damaging and unfair that we have to go, oh, well, this, there are alternatives. Yeah, exactly. That's fucked up. We're going to get to that in a second. But I do, I do want to say that I think you totally hit the, the nail on the head when you talk about consciousness, because that really is what it's all about in a sense. And, and that's where science, I mean, also Rupert Sheldrake, who you mentioned, tends to miss the point because we don't understand consciousness. and. And to think that, you know, that our reductive science, you know, has everything, you know, fully understood is, is you know, a complete fallacy. Uh, I mean, the whole idea of uh, Schrodinger's cat, by the way, was kind of as a thought experiment. They're supposed to show that quantum mechanics didn't make sense because how could the cat be both alive and dead? Uh, because surely it can't be, even though it seems like it is to us in the box, because the cat itself is conscious. So the question is, who's conscious? If the cat is conscious, does that mean that there's, you know, there's already a result inside or not? Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, so, completely. So, yeah, so consciousness and, you know, there's this idea of different forms of consciousness and, and all of that. So definitely, definitely, I, I buy the idea that consciousness is more than the mind. It's more than just our, you know, materialistic brain. And that there is a total symbiotic relationship between consciousness and reality. The idea of trying to separate them and go, well, there was a reality <laughs> that existed without consciousness. That's sort of impossible because all information has been processed by the consciousness of an individual or, or, or more so 
reality, what we term as reality, has got a, a, is inextricably linked to consciousness, uh, and but, but a, a particular and limited sensory sensory based aspect of consciousness. So, and but to assume that that's all that there is. No, no, no. Yeah, you, just, yeah, you mentioned the really five, the five senses, and you're yeah. You're I like that analogy I got that you said that, that through the through our yeah, senses we can. It's like dipping your finger in a <laughs> glass of water. You could sort of feel the yeah, way yeah. around the Daniel glass. Daniel Pinchbeck. That was no. Like, it was a uh, yeah. it was a, an, a, a IVF doctor I spoke to once. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. But yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. And then you mentioned also the ocean is a yeah. metaphor, right trying to dip, and that's how that's how little we understand. The unknown. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. There's a lot that's that's unknown. So yeah, so going back to the, the more fucked up stuff, and I think that's a big part of the book is about the uh, about changing our society, about radical change, and you talk about it being a revolution that's really uh, a spiritual revolution because it's got to start from inside uh, rather than you know any other system. And you you really believe uh, in the book that uh, you're a sort of optimist despite all this like you know pessimism. That there is an opportunity by the end of the 21st century to have an alternative and uh, I don't know, sustainable and peaceful uh, coexistence. Yeah, that Buckminster Fuller said, uh, you know, utopia or oblivion. I think it's entirely necessary. Uh, I read a sort of an extract of um, I can't remember who it was. Some a guy hanging out with Bertrand Russell, the person, mm. the person that wrote a book called "I Am, Therefore You Are" or something. You are, you are, therefore I am is the name of the book. It's kind of book. I guess you dig it. Some sort of Indian yogi kind of scholar fella, uh, and he was saying that they were talking about the campaign for nuclear disarmament, which Bertrand mm-hmm. Russell was well into. They were saying, isn't it important, more important to change the way that people perceive the world and people think? Because if you just get rid of nuclear weapons, there'll be other things that replace it. Mm. Our society, we have to accept, is the society that created nuclear weapons. So it was the logical conclusion of where we were. The rational conclusion mm. was the creation of nuclear weapons. Shouldn't we be looking on an individual basis at all of our consciousness? Bertrand Russell look, fuck all that. We've got to get rid of nuclear weapons. Right. But like, it seems... But until you address the consciousness that creates these conditions, sure. these conditions will They're continue. They're just symptoms. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. There's biological warfare, which can be even worse, right? There's a lot of stuff. So, yeah. I yeah, mean, until I we reach a that. point of where we're not so adversarial, where we're not so combative, then these problems will perpetuate. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was interesting because... Uh, you mention uh, the military and the police, for example, that they're actually, you know, normal guys, just like you and I at the end of the day. Uh, but uh, but too often they're used to protect, uh, uh, I guess, the people at the top of the pyramid, basically. And yes. That's, that's basically what this is all about. It's about having a more fair, uh, egalitarian society, right? Yes, to move in that direction, to make that the template. Currently, the template is not democracy. The template is not equality. The template is the enforcement of elitism. Mm. So, yeah, so an issue like uh, sort of pl- um, the relationship between most people and the police force is sort of one of either intimidation or the application of force. When I, when I have a personal encounter with the police, I always think, well, they're nice guys. What's going on? At least I, here, not in the US, as you mentioned. I agree with that. Certainly more of us. <laughs> but, but like I know, ultimately, whenever I've spent in, in either country, I sort of think that we have to, I believe in the possibility for real change. And that change is not possible if we have an adversarial attitude towards the police force and the military. That at some point, we're going to, as David Graeber said in my book, 
at some point we're going to need them not to shoot us. <laughs> so, so it's, I think, good to begin building bridges in those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it, back to the, the people at the top of the pyramid, you mentioned uh, 85 people on a bus, right? Uh, quite often is having as much wealth as half of the world's population, 3.5 billion. Yes. Um, and, and, and obviously, yeah, a lot of that seems quite like, like fair criticism, but surely there must be people on the bus that you like. Right? No. No? It's not like a matter of like or dislike. Um, those kind of label, egoic labels don't seem that helpful. What I think is, is because of the currently the, the truth that is succeeding, the reality that is dominating is the reality that suits them. And if you want another truth, if you want another reality, we're going to have to dismantle that. Yeah. So all I want to do is dismantle that idea to make it irresistible, to make the idea of, of, of the aspiration of equality, the aspiration of ecological responsibility, the aspiration of a decent life for ordinary people, a life where people feel connected to one another and to themselves, their nature and nature, our inner and outer. That seems to me to be a good aspiration. And any systems that prevent that make... Uh, can relieve ourselves of those. I agree. And you come up with really, you know, uh, interesting alternatives, which ideas like maxing the uh, the pay rate for CEOs so that it's, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 20 times or max compared to the lowest wages and things like that to make, so you could still would have some form of inequality, you could call it, but it's not as crazy as it is today, basically. That's, yeah, we could go as notion. far as you want. Some people might want a total ascetic fucking system of monastic life where we're in <laughs> we're that seems, robes, a, little, that seems a little boring I'm not sure I, I won't sign up for that yeah because we're made of flesh we want to have sex don't we and yeah. eat chocolate Kit Kats and stuff I do yeah so well, then you are allowed to because you are free <laughs> and, but there's no reason why the price ah, you pay but, for that but, but, should but be the fear, uh, the fear is that so often um, the you know that the politics have a, have a really dangerous way of just coming back to bite you in the ass the people who want to make positive change end up just like you say. You make that you say about that. You know, if there's a revolution, the first thing you should do is execute the leaders of the revolution. I think that's true because, <laughs> even, because in a sense, you know, not necessarily literally, but but there's there's a danger that whoever takes over, you know, power corrupts and 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 you know and and it could be just as bad. I mean, you could be again, you could be in a communist uh, communist Soviet Union with that attitude. You're right? quite right. That's what is sort of one of the things that I continually advocate throughout the book is the abolition of those kind of power structures to have horizontal power to have an attitudinal shift that a position of leadership is a position of service not a position of power so if you're a member of the police force or a member of the army or a member of the government that you are or of any governmental body you are in a position of service and these are the yeah. people that I work for these are the people yeah, I work I for think, I think that's quite cool it's different Plato obviously was uh well, in the public, that's different. Yeah, too. he mentions like he wants the politicians to be just politicians, right? To be uh -huh. born. I don't like the idea of someone being born for a particular role, neither would you. But the fact that they're just politicians, that's all they do, and they you know shouldn't have any you know materialistic or other form of like uh, identity. It's just all about service. So the idea of having it being specialized. But yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, I don't know if you probably, I don't know, if, I don't know if you've heard this, but there is a theorem in economics says that uh, it's impossible to create a, a perfectly democratic, uh, a perfect, a perfect voting system. That no matter what you do, like, because there are lots of alternatives. You could, you could say, well, if my candidate doesn't win, then give my vote to this person. They're like, all right, well, there's all these things. 
And people have tried to come up with these things. It's, it's a thing in game theory that will create a better voting system. And Arrow's theorem says that no matter what you do, it's always going to be fucked. It's kind of like Godel's theorem for like, yeah, I guess like uh, against like democracy, which doesn't mean you can't have some form of democracy, but it's very difficult. And that, that's where I think part of the problem is. And, and I guess, no, I, I'd love to, to see this alternative world, but, um, but yeah, it's a, still, it's hard to see exactly how things can happen. Obviously, you're right about, uh, uh, you know, you've got, it's called democratainment. We've got democracy and entertainment now through voting on uh, American Idol or here, uh, X Factor or, you know, uh, things like that. But how, how does people, you know, once you have this alternative infrastructure, how can we actually make it work is the question, right? Without having it somehow, you know, be corrupted. That's the question. Well, the only way I can think, uh, Etan, is to deconcentrate power as much as possible. So the more that power is consolidated, the more open to corruption it is, the more that you deconcentrate, it will slow things down hugely. But where are we going? What's the rush? Have all these uh, white goods and white values given us the leisure society we were promised? People work no. so much time. It's not like we only work it's two worse, hours it's a worse, day. It's worse, actually. Apparently, uh, it sounds like people work. some people work a lot more hours today than they did back in the 1900s. Yeah, they, we might as well slow down. I don't know what the premium on rushing is. Everyone's speed to do what, speed to do what. You know, that's a, I think that a more demo, a, a, people, but what I think is important is tribalized communities where people are invested and engaged, self-governing and autonomous, in control of their own lives, responsible for their own lives, which won't be zipping about super fast like an MTV commercial reel. But mm. you may have some sense of spiritual sucker. Absolutely. I totally, totally buy into that. I agree with that. Well, when, if, if Mind, Body and Spirit magazine and I can't get along, what <laughs> chance do we have? Yeah, that's true. This is, a little, this is easy. Uh, but here, I'm going to still try and play devil, a devil's advocate for a sec, if I yes, may. Yes, of course. So back to the people on the bus. Bill Gates, he's on the bus. Isn't he amazing with what he's doing for the world? The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, they're like, I don't know, trying to cure these diseases and... I don't know, fight poverty and, you know, extreme situations. I mean, he, he's doing more for Africa and like India now, uh, that, uh, than, I don't know, than, than people have ever done, I guess. Well, that's really good. I mean, and I, I certainly it would be impolite of a person in my position to criticize someone who has done so much. And that's why it's not really a criticism of individuals that I'm offering. More, mm. isn't it kind of, why would we want someone to have so much concentrated wealth, so much concentrated power, We've, that seems like an, an odd system. So, well, what Bill Gates is doing is admirable. Well, what loads of people are doing is incredible. Sure. It would be better, wouldn't it, to create systems. That, that, that's why I like Buckminster Fuller, because of the just pragmatism yeah. to get to serve humanity, 100% of people, to the disadvantage of no one without the detriment of the planet for, to encourage spontaneous cooperation you know, to sort of see that, oh yes, yes, that's what we've got to do well, let's not get confused pull back into wide focus there's this many people, there's this many resources we're all on this planet right, what things are causing damage oh right, well we've got a sort of an energy set up that's ruining everything, why? oh, because it benefits this elite, stop doing that we've got, we're having all these wars why? it benefits this elite stop doing that, so like, you know, pretty much any problem you have, it, you trace it back to those people on the bus, so mm -hmm. like, you know if once in a while they chuck a few tokens out the window that's very kind but it's not enough but, but Warren Buffett, for example uh, plans to give up uh, most of his wealth uh, 
in his uh, in his will. So he and he's trying to he's already giving a lot of it while he's alive, but he doesn't want to give. He, most of it's not going to be inherited by his family. So they are, you know, a lot of them are. Uh, That's true. A lot of people are doing good things. I suppose, though, yeah, more than tokens. Yeah, right. Oh, I see. Well, a lot of people. It's, yeah, I've not looked into it, and it does sound like they're doing positive things, and I, I'm not disparaging that. I'm just saying that they these things are not a replacement for enough. deconcentrated sure. power, and it's not Warren Buffett's responsibility. <laughs> like, it's, just, like, it's our responsibility yeah, sure. to take Although control. Although he is asking for higher life. taxes, actually. Is he? Yeah, he keeps saying that uh, it's not fair that his secretary pays a higher uh, tax percentage than he does. Just because capital gains is much lower tax than, wow. than wages, so he, you know, so he's actually, yeah, I mean, and he's, you know, he's always been very uh, much on the Democrat side, even though obviously that's that's not enough. But so yeah, there are there are things. I think, by the way, and I don't know if you mentioned that in the book, but I think that inheritance tax, by the way, is a good way to do that. Yeah. Because uh, if you want to make sure, I think I think that dynastic wealth is one of the most uh, uh, is one of the most dangerous uh, things out there, and because. Um, because the thing is, and this goes back to Piketty, is he says that at the mm. end of the day, wealth tends to grow faster than wages. And, yeah. and, and so the only way that you can really fight that, in a sense, is through uh, trying, at least intergenerationally, is the, you know, an easy thing is to put, just put high inheritance tax. And that's not hard to do. The U.S. does that, by the way. And that's why there is a lot of giving to charity. I guess Warren Buffett kind of wants to be able to give it in a way ah. that he can control. So he still gets to do what he wants with his money. But it's the, high inheritance tax. Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. I so, didn't know that. But, but the, the higher you raise it, obviously, the easier it would be to, uh, to structure this revolution of yours. So I think that's a good point to, to go after really hard. And that's where you see corruption all over the world, by the way, not, not just in the West. It's dynastic wealth. That... Yes. Uh, it, it, all I would like to do is broaden the argument beyond reformism that still places the power and control in the hands mm. of the people that currently have power and control. <laughs> I'd sure. say... We have the power and control now. We organize systems that are ecologically responsible, that are based on egalitarianism. Whilst there may still be flaws, and it will be up to us as communities and individuals to see how far in the direction of utopia we want to propel, the aim has got to be what's what's possible, what is possible, what is best, not to be limited by... For me, I don't... The sort of this... I'm not comfortable with the dynamic of philanthropic donation. Yeah. I don't like yeah, that. You still feel like someone's doing you a favor. Yeah, it's like, well, look, these yeah. hundred people, of sure. course, might, like, you know, the get yeah. systems in place, like, remove the profit incentive, yeah. remove the imperative for, for corporations to grow, make it, these things impossible. So, like, you know, like, you know mm. at least have that as an ideal. We don't know where we'll get, but we know that, that, that we have to be, capitalism is an extremist ideology. Mm. So we have to oppose it with something that's, ready capable of dealing with that something that's ready to meet that I, you know i think if we sort of like just stand on the sidelines go, would you mind a little bit less of that and a bit more of that then it's just this big thrusting mighty vascular phallus of selfishness <laughs> so they just keep fucking us in the ass that's true that's true well i love love let me make sure that you say about the uh like the telethon this uh uh, George Clooney bit where, you know, mm-hmm. even though it seemed like it's obviously a great cause, yes. uh, and here probably better than others, but you're definitely, you're right that with philanthropy, I mean, we all are used to looking at these glossy magazines and seeing the rich and famous have their banquets to, I don't know, like save people in some third world country, right? Uh, where really they actually spend more money on the banquet sometimes than the actual amount of money that they raise. It's kind of a way for them to feel good about themselves, right? I think sometimes it is that, and it seems that George Clooney's a pretty switched on and 
cool man. I, that's the only time I've ever met him. But my personal feeling being involved with that was a kind of a discomfort that I felt generally when involved in the entertainment world of who is this for? What is this about? And it's not mm. sort of a personal thing at all about George Clooney. It's more of a how do these institutions work? How do they function? It, it makes me feel uneasy. Okay, five minutes. Okay, wow, really? Okay, is that right? Okay, well, whatever, whatever they say, I'll respect what you say. Yeah, um, yeah. So no, I, I think I think that's that's your. Well, hold on. So a couple of key things we got to hit. Do you want to have kids? Ah, oh, I would like to. I would, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. I don't know how to at the moment. I don't have a uterus. <laughs> but if if well, the opportunity arises, I, I, I would love to. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be quite Do you able. Want to? Uh, well, I'm married and I do plan to, yeah. Although we might, we might also adopt as well, because I think it's a very nice thing to do. I don't know. You're uh, we a proper don't need to, living but... at you, aren't you? Uh-huh. You've got your lovely magazine, you've got a lovely wife, you might adopt. I mean, you're heading in the right direction. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, some people say it's selfish to have kids, even though I think, I think it's a wonderful thing as well. But when there's a lot of kids to adopt out there. Um, but, so, yeah, so what type of world would you like to see then your kids, uh, uh, grow up in well just where, where you're ha- I would like for not only for my kids but for myself to have a real experience of living in the world which is available to us now we don't have to wait for that like when I'm involved in campaigns where people are connected and are organising communities like the women down at the Carpenters Estate who are occupying empty homes because they need homes I feel like oh wow I'm engaged in the world this is good instead of when I'm you know, hanging around doing some sort of spurious work, I feel sort of like, oh, this is pointless. You know, so like, you know, there's this frequency, there's this frequency that's available to us all, and I want to tune into that because it's it's connecting sure, and sure. it's valuable and it's beautiful and I think it's ultimate. And mm-hmm. why not do that while we're here? Why do some approximation? Right. Why, why, yeah, and why chase you know all this brainwashed stuff that the mainstream media pushes at you? Uh, look for this alternative meaning. By the way, I assume, I, I don't know, but have you been to Burning Man? I never have. Oh, my God. I've been invited a couple of times. Jesus I'm Christ. scared of the drugs. Well, how, I mean... Oh, you got to go. I, I've been twice, Did and I didn't drugs? do any drugs. You went twice with no drugs. Yeah, so you can do it. Oh, yeah. God. Although it's true, there will be, there'll be drugs everywhere. Is there some decadence? But, yeah, but it's up to you. Right, you don't have to do decadence. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, there's some hedonism. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like uh, swingers tents and things like that. And like, you know, every, there's lots of crazy shit, like everywhere. There's no, it's a full, you know, participatory environment and anything goes. And, but it's, what you would love about it is it's free of any advertising. There, you know, no corporations are allowed to advertise. You're not allowed to spend money about that. It's all bartering, but it's really a gift economy. People just give things to each other and, and it's completely self-sustainable. Uh, for that one week, so yeah, uh, I think you should. There's totally no do money. It. You're not allowed to use money. You're very man. No. So what? How, what? How did it work? Well, you're supposed to bring your own food and drinks, but if you want to get something from someone else, you just ask or give them something. The only thing you can buy is coffee. There's like a base camp. You can buy coffee and ice at. That's it. Coffee and ice. That's the two things. <laughs> yes, those are the two things. <laughs> like cockroaches. That was. <laughs> That's right. Well, I think in the desert it's really hot, so that ice can be quite. Quite useful. It's really, really hot. But you would love it. You have to go to Burning Man. Okay. And that is a real spiritual and really alternative thing. But yeah, because you, you talk about, you know, like worker owned cooperatives and things mm-hmm. like that. And what's beautiful about Burning Man is it's all kind of, it's decentralizing. It so much comes together and it's amazing. And there's so much creativity and art and just installations everywhere. And, and it's really, it's, 
you know, it's 24 seven. It's just, it's nuts. I mean, you, and there's all these workshops you go to. Where do we sleep? So it's up to you. Uh, we just, uh, we, we brought a tent uh, and just drove in a car, but you can get a nice RV and do it like glam camping style if you want. So up to you. Yeah, but you'll love it. You'll love it. The people there are so open-minded and, and there's all these talks, I mean, yeah, yeah, about you know, the future. I mean, it's just, it's... Uh, I'll go. Yeah. Who organizes it? Uh, so he's actually right above you in, uh, in the 100 list, Larry Harvey. Uh, and uh, yeah, he's, uh, he organizes it and it's, you know, it's crazy. There's nothing like it on earth. Seriously. You have to do it. Okay. But okay, sorry. So that's I'll my go. plug I'll for go. Burning Man. Um, another couple of quick things. I love what you say also about uh, these ideas of getting rid of titles. I think Isn't that's that a brilliant great. idea. I think it's that amazing. was Matt Stoller's idea. Yeah. He, um, I, I think he's a very brilliant thinker, that young man, because I, I like the, the idea unravels. It's like pulling a thread. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Like sort, of, sort of get rid of titles and then suddenly, oh, yeah, why have we got that? Why are we <laughs> placing all these systems? What yeah. is this reverence about? Yeah, because it's bits of me, I sort of like it. You'll be meeting an admiral later. <laughs> you like it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, but it's sort of like, you know, I like the idea of dismantling that lady's back again. I like the idea of dismantling these structures, of pulling them apart. Because what's left behind it, all that's left behind it is a connection. Of course we need some kind of order, but it should be order on our terms. Order in harmony. Well, you, you, met, you met the Queen. With our environments and one another. I assume you addressed her uh, properly. Would you do that again? No, never. Awesome. I think that's Not awesome. after that, I think it's a good idea here. Yeah, no, there, I do too. I do too. You just got to follow through on it. Scary, I, huh? I'll call her Mrs. Saxa Goldberg. I saw that. I Goethe. saw that. I like, well, that might be a little hardcore. When's Hello, it? Mrs. Saxa Goldberg Goethe. <laughs> ah, okay. So before we, we wrap up, because I see we're running out of time, um, what, what, what impact, I guess, what, what are your goals for, uh, yeah, for the next, I don't know, 10 years? What, would you, what type of change would you like to personally make? In the I world? want to help people set up their own communities. That's what I want. I want people to participate in their own lives, to be involved in enterprises and endeavours that they find fulfilling, to have control. Not people to wake up and oh, I've got to go to work. And I want people to feel like their experience here on this planet is joyful and beautiful and built on the connections that we have between us, each other and the planet. So I want to spend my time doing that, not sort of making myself be on a glistening podium of wonder, yeah. being worshipped and fellated. Yes. I've tried that and that was <laughs> nice for a while. Yeah, yeah where's off. Wow. So, and do you think, would you, uh, uh, do you think there'll be another book uh, after yes, this? Yes, I suppose so. If another one, I mean, if this isn't the solution, then I'll write another one. My hope was that a perfect society would spring from this like a tree, like a forest. But if another book is necessary, then I will write one. I'm sort of half joking. But, you know, like, uh, yeah, I it's think a great uh, book. I like writing. I'm really glad you like it. Yeah. It, uh, I, I, was, I, I worked it. I worked hard on it. Yeah. You mentioned you had to chunk out 100,000 words or something, right? I don't know if that's yeah. how much it really is. 104. 104. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, no, it's brilliant. I'm fascinated by, I'm fascinated by the index. Oh, you got some good shit in there, all these great keywords. St. Francis Prayer. Stalinism, Stanford University, SDD. I test. went to Stanford. I've met Zimbardo, by the way. Have ya? He's well, a really sweet guy. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't criticizing him. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I went out of control. You went to Stanford, sure. and I know it's not an Ivy League university, really. No. Well, you know what Ivy, Ivy League was just a, a bunch of uh, American football uh, schools that played, and they, they all played football between them. It was the Ivy League. So just these East Coast schools that played football. 
That's what that that's means. That's what it is. That's all it is. It's just really old, and so it sounds prestigious. It sounds nice, old, but yeah, IV but not, on a lovely building. Yeah, exactly. But there's nothing in the West Coast that's Ivy League. Yeah. Nothing. Oh, I see. It's just those seven universities that played American football. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Vietnam War, Queen Victoria, Volkswagen. Yeah, no, amazing. Uh, you really do cover a lot of turf in here. I don't I think mean, it's all right, isn't it? West Ham United. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned West Ham, how it's all changed, and you mentioned Eckhart Tolle. A lot of, lot of really, uh, a lot of cool people. Ah, Oprah's in the bus, by the way. Any, any word, uh, anything to say about Oprah? I've met Oprah. She's lovely. Yeah, totally. She's lovely. She's in the bus. She's one of the 85 richest people in the world. I believe so. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure, yeah. So they're not all oligarchs, but but probably the majority of them are. So. Well, you know, I've had to, you've got to at some point address these issues. Yeah, and also what about when someone creates something, you don't believe in the idea that if, if you create something that's really amazing, you do believe in, in some form of ownership, right? Because you mentioned even like the, the idea of having different wage like well I sort of think it's just let people do what they want kind of I mean at some point it's almost libertine kind of idea you know like I've just like sort of like, I don't feel like I feel like I like you know that Burning Man it's set up it's its own community where everyone there has a consensus that that's how they want to be governed and I think that well, okay that's how everyone should be and as long as no little group goes we're having nuclear weapons and we're going to yeah. fuck everyone over sure. then that's cool so I suppose you only need a few guiding principles and then just let people form communities based on the values that they share Okay, so there we have it. It was great interviewing Russell Brand, and I highly recommend his podcast and his YouTube channel. Also, he is currently narrating the audiobook for uh, Capitalist Realism by Mark Fisher, which should be out uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, uh, this episode. And uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to seeing how he keeps uh, shaking things up.